Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Who are you? Who am I? Am I my externals, my skin color, my sexuality, my body size, my age? Am I my internals, my disposition, my emotions, my, my way of thinking? Am I what I do, my work, how I spend my day, my contribution to life? What am I good at? My hobbies, my talents, my strengths? Is that who I am? Am I what I'm good at, but what am I bad at? Am I that? My anger, my failures, my disappointments, my anxieties? And am I who I'm related to? to my parents, to my spouse, to my children, to my country, to my God. Who am I is an easy question to ask, but a challenging question to answer. Answering that question, at least in part, has been the purpose of this series on the spiritual gifts. As we discover how God has made us and how our circumstances and experience has shaped us, We find our place, we find our purpose, we find our reason for being, we find our uniqueness, we find our style, we find our strengths, and we find our weaknesses, all of which help to make up who we are. You know, the truth is, though, we can never fully discover the answer to who am I, primarily because life is too dynamic. God is still in the process of making us. Our circumstances and our experiences continue to shape us. Our place changes as the months and the years pass. Our reason, our purpose is different today than it was 10 years ago, and it will be different 10 years from now. This morning, we conclude this series on our spiritual gifts, and I believe we can count on two things. Number one, God has made us. Equipping us with a spiritual gift or gifts in a specific and a meaningful way. And number two, God desires us to know our gifts and to engage and live them out, serving people on his behalf by means of the spiritual gift or gifts that he has blessed us with. Do you know your spiritual gift? Are you living and serving in God's name through your spiritual gift? As we dive into the scripture this morning, I pray that we will be able to know and engage in a unique way what God has gifted each of us for and for living out his love for others through his gift. Listen now as the sermon texts are read for us by Julie Van Ellsworth. Good morning. This morning I'm reading from Romans 12, verses 6 to 8. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And then from 1 Peter 4, 10 to 11. 
God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, Julie. Let me begin with a brief review of the last nine weeks. It started July the 12th. This series of sermons entitled A Wondrous Variety, Engaging Your Spiritual Gift. On that Sunday, I laid out for us my personal understanding that the spiritual gifts differ in two ways from spiritual fruit. First, on the one hand, the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians 5.22 and following are matters of character. The love, joy, peace, patience, and so forth are internal in nature and exemplify in the life of the believer the nature of Jesus Christ into whose likeness each believer is being transformed. This transformation is the work of the Holy Spirit that commences at the moment of our salvation and continues throughout our lifetime. While the fruit does show itself in how we live and act in life, the fruit are primarily internal in nature. On the other hand, the gifts of the Spirit are matters of function. The gifts are more external in nature and exemplify in the believer the actions, the work of Jesus Christ through their life and how they live. And the second thing, the fruit of the Spirit are communal in nature. That is, they are given all together. In other words, a believer, a follower of Jesus is given the full character of Jesus. One doesn't get love but not joy or patience. One gets all the fruit. These are aspects of one fruit. We are given the full nature of Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. While on the other hand, the gifts of the Spirit are for the most part singular in nature. That is, they are given individually. While it is possible for a person to have at any given time any of the gifts, because after all they are the gifts of the Holy Spirit, most often a believer has a primary gift that is lived out in their ministry to the church and in some cases through the church to the world. One final point of review is to note that there are four places where the gifts of the Spirit are enumerated in the New Testament. First, we find the gift list in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. Verse 7 begins by declaring, To each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. The nine gifts are listed, manifestations or displays of God that draw people's attention. An example, Jesus' miracles, healings, and feedings are examples of these displays which drew people to come near and hear what he had to teach. Or the, on Pentecost, the disciples speaking the languages of the visitors in Jerusalem as an example of this manifestation which drew people to come near and hear what Peter had to say to them that day. A second gift list is found in Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. These four gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors and teachers, are listed followed by a statement of their intended purpose for the equipping of the saints for the work of service 
to the building up of the body of Christ, Ephesians 4.12. And Paul continues in verse 13 by stating these gifts lead the church to a unity of the faith. These gifts lead the church to a full knowledge of the Son of God. These gifts lead the church to maturity, meaning the fullness of Christ. A third gift list is found in Romans 12, 6 through 8, which Julie read for us a few moments ago. And that was the text for our series. This list of seven gifts, I believe, are given throughout the church as motivations for the personal and corporate life of believers in the world. In other words, these are motivational gifts. As you may recall, these gifts are prophesied, the perceiver, one who proclaims God's will, and we looked at John the Baptist. Then the gift of serving, or the doer, the practical responder to meet needs, and we looked at Martha in the New Testament. Then teaching, the teacher who seeks for truth and teaches it, and we looked at Apollos, one of the great teachers in the New Testament writing of the book of Acts. Pastor Diane taught us about encouraging the possibility thinker. Here's what God can do. She used Barnabas as an example. Chris taught us about giving or the provider, the one who blesses others. And he used the paramount teacher of all Jesus in the feeding of the 5,000 and how he provided for the mass crowd. Compassion, the caregiver. And Pastor Diane helped us to see how this person helps the hurting. She used four examples through her sermon. The Good Samaritan, the father of the prodigal son, Joseph with his brothers, and Pharaoh's daughter for Moses as a baby. And then last week, Pastor Chris taught us about leading, the one in front, the one who organizes and directs. And from Judges 4, taught us about Deborah and Barak, both of whom were leaders in their own sense and in their own place. But today I want to sum this all up from Peter. Leaving the Apostle Paul, and hear from the Apostle Peter the understanding and application of the spiritual gifts. Peter, you remember him, the disciple who first declared that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter writes these definitive words about spiritual gifts. Listen again to them being read. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If you speak, you should do so as the one who speaks the very words of God. If you serve, you should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 through 11. Some points here. Briefly, number one, the gift you've been given is meant to be engaged and put to work. Simply to have the gift is not the goal. It's not enough. It requires application. The concept that is like this is what Jesus' brother James writes in his letter. In James 1.22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. James 2.17, Faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. These gifts are meant to be engaged, engaged in how we live our life in the world. And number two, this gift has been given to you in order to serve others effectively. Remember the clear instruction of Jesus after washing the feet of his disciples? In Mark 10, 45, he says, even the Son of Man, even himself, 
did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I am so pleased as I watch the people of Bethany when the opportunity comes for them to serve, how they step up and step in and engage in service. Many, perhaps even most of you, have the gift of service. But whatever your spiritual gift may be, it is meant to serve. The gift you've been given, number three, is a practical example of God's love for people. It was God that sent Jesus into the world to redeem it. And that redemption, the love of God, is placed in our lives as Jesus' followers as we surrender to him. We don't love others based on merely being good people because we're not merely good people. We love others because the love of God has been cultivated in us by the Holy Spirit. It is the love of God that motivates us to speak and act in ways to express God's love to others. Remember the words of the Apostle John. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, from 1 John 4, 7. Number four, about the gifts of speaking, recognize that you're speaking the words of God himself. By his Holy Spirit, God gives the passion, the thoughts, and the words he desires for us to speak in any of the speaking gifts. Listen again to the benediction that's also almost always given in Psalm 19. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Yes, may they be pleasing May they be your words, Lord. Number five, about the gifts of serving, serve with the strength God gives you. By his Holy Spirit, God gives the passion and the energy to serve as he desires us to serve. Remembering that love is a verb. It's a verb of action. Jesus said it best. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Being a person of compassion is a way of expressing that love. All these gifts are meant to aid in the service of people's lives with the love of God. And number six, all this is so that God will be honored because the life of Jesus Christ's body today, which is the church, speaks his words and serves like him. We represent him communally, corporately, as well as individually. This is the powerful and gracious corporate witness of the church that he has truly been redeemed by Jesus Christ. We are a redeemed people. This is the church that invites people to know God. This is the church that inspires people to follow Jesus. This is the church that involves people in serving their neighbors, both near and far. This is what the spiritual gifts are all about. Amen. And amen.